Welcome to Machine Learning. Today I want to talk about Rothbart's book uh, called The Return of Depression Economics. In 1998, Japan produced less than it did in 1991. Between 1953 and 73, Japan in the space of two decades became the world's largest exporter of steel and automobiles. However, in the early 1970s, growth slowed from the record level of growth of 9% to less than 4% after 1973. Bank loads and import licenses flowed to favor industries and firms. The uh, and I think the reason why it slowed is because manufacturing was moving from Japan to China and Japan was uh, financing, the financial sector was investing into Chinese manufacturing. Bank loans and import licenses flowed to favor industries and firms. The economy's growth was at least partially channeled by government strategic designs, MITI. The second factor influenced Japan's affluence was Karitsu. Members, Karitsu, the members of the Japanese Karitsu, a group of allied firms organized again around a main bank and that's bad because what the what it does is it allows uh, poorer performer companies to be uh, grouped in with higher performing companies and so they benefit from those higher performing companies so it's it's uh, they're not allowed to fail and that and that's becomes a problem typically owns substantial quantities of each other's shares, making uh, management largely independent of outside shareholders. See, in uh, addiction recovery, they you're allow, you allow the individual, you empower the individual to make a choice, and you also know that there's the potential for that individual to fail. So you have to uh, account for that. And However, if the loans looked unstable, wouldn't the banks start losing depositors? But in Japan, depositors believed the government would never allow them to lose their savings. One by one, the Japanese government targeted strategic industries that could serve as engines of growth. So you cannot depend on government for your um, a protection your savings are only as good as the assets in which the bank has. So the government guaranteeing those assets is not necessarily a uh, truth. It's only as good as the assets that back it. So that's why I say that we need to move back to a money warehouse approach where that money is backed by real assets. The strategy was to create a import dri drive that initially ignored profitability and meanwhile built market share and at the same time drove foreign competitors into the ground. The Japanese government was accumulating massive debt in a race to the top. At the beginning of the 1990s, Japan's hot economy was experiencing a speculative real estate boom. Speculative investment in real estate almost caused a banking crisis in the 1970s. We saw that speculative boom uh, in China early in the uh, 2008, 2009 range, and today we have the real estate boom, but that's not going to be sustained forever. 
where the return to depression economics is going to occur in the U.S. Moral hazard occurs when one person assesses the risk of an endeavor and causes another person to bear the cost of things going badly. Borrowing money is inherently likely to produce moral hazard. Heads I win, tells you lose. Japanese banks forget normal place restrictions on borrowers could do with the loan money and reduced or eliminated owner capital requirements. That's bad because, see, that's the whole basis of of uh, banking is that you have collateral. It's a it's a certain level of asset that the banks have to have in terms of re- capital requirements before they loan money. These banks loan large sums of money, no questions asked. Investors in the bank have become careless about where they were storing their money. The depositors were not asking questions about banking investment. Instead, they were relying on the government to safeguard their investments. And so they just continue. And I think what is it? The postal accounts was uh, accounted for two-thirds of the savings. The Japanese were saving like 25% of their money, and all that trillions of dollars were being saved in there. And and uh, and then instead of the money being used as a warehouse, it was used as an investment vehicle, and it was fueling this real estate boom that was occurring in Japan. So prices uh, on real estate skyrocketed upwards, and as a result, uh, when they came uh, down, it it, it felt the the uh, Japanese economy fell in a 40 over a 40-year depression, and they, they just now may be coming starting to come out of it. Competition further eroded profit margins for banks to cling to old-fashioned ways of doing business. The bank loaned more and helped uh, inflate the Japanese bubble economy. In the 1990s, the Bank of Japan raised interest rates and the air started to stream out of the bubble with land and stock prices dropping 60% below peak. There we go, the deflation. The Japanese authorities seem to have regarded all this as healthy and returned to a more stable, realistic asset valuations. Instead, a deep economic malice was setting in. Unemployment hit 10% and the historic GDP contraction. Uh, analysts called the phenomenal a growth recession, liquidity track, or growth depression. Now, what was happening was the Great Depression in Japan was occurring. Uh, Japanese manufacturing were increasing production, inventory, stockpiling, and consumer spending lagging. Yeah, that's what happens during deep depression is efficiency increases, inventories increase, but consumers don't have money to spend, so uh, inventories pile up. Spending was not keeping up with production. In the 1960s, Japan's financial ministry was running a 4.3 GDP deficit. Japan was experiencing a baby bust, and it was working population was declining. That's a huge crisis in Japan. 60% of the workforce is getting old, and the population uh, replenishment is far below the average required. The retired citizens were heavily fiscal burdened on the Japanese government in 1970. Prime Minister Rai Taro Hashimoto increased taxes to reduce the budget deficit. Bad idea. Now there's less money uh, in the marketplace for growth, and the economy will plunge even further. The Japanese economy plunged into a recession. The debt and the GDP ratio was 100%, but investors maintained faith in the long-term soundness of the Japanese government. 
and that's one reason why to abandon um, the uh, idea of monetarism that uh, Milton Friedman had suggested could happen and let the free market correct itself and liquidate the bad debts. The Japanese banking crisis paralleled to the 1930-31 banking crisis inflicted by long-term damage to the credit markets. Credit was not available, even when the quality opportunities presented it. The market was starved for money. The eight-year stagnation was a time for repentance. In 2000, inflation caused by factors such as high energy prices caused Japanese investors to sell yen and buy dollars. And sudden rise in the Japanese stock market suggested a a surge in speculative spending and a rise in the overvaluation of the Japanese stock market. The Japanese market uh, depended on U.S. consumption. U.S. consumption deepened as the Japanese economy inflated. Yen brought less domestic products and saving haven needed to be found. One haven was buying dollars. If the yields remained high enough for the risk, high yield investment in U.S. Treasury notes made overseas investment became attractive. Low yield uh, Japanese bank bonds had no holding power. The selling of the yen made the Japanese products cheaper for the foreigners to buy and foreign goods expensive. The yen must, as a matter of sheer accounting, fall enough to match this trade surplus to the desired export capital. And that's what it did. The, for some weird reason, the, the Bank of Japan tried to uh, control its spending through bringing, uh, bringing, devaluating its currency. And that's somewhat what's happening in the U.S. with inflation is our currency is devaluating with the expectation of uh, supercharging our exports. Demand for Japanese goods would rise to a certain balance point. However, if the dollar was expected to fall, then the dollar converted back to the yen would return less yen. The Japanese saver would be less enticed to transfer savings into overseas investments if a dollar-yen conversion profit was not realized or if the Japanese investor believed a loss in the future was likely on the exchange. Therefore, Japanese savings would not be exportable without a confidence in a saving return, savings that fueled consumption. So just think about that. I mean, they're investing in dollars, but if they have to reverse that and the cost, and they lose less valuation in the reverse, that's like a that's like a big mistake. And so they they have to keep their investment in into dollars. And so the U.S. Um, the buying of the dollar and the weakening of the yen helped the Japanese economy, but at the same time, it, we we held more of the assets in in. Uh, uh, foreign foreign investment into dollars. Inflation drove the money out of the country into higher U.S. Treasury yields, which promised foreign investment a safe return bank. The Japanese foreign investment fueled the consumption of Japanese products, electronics, computers, steel, and automobiles. The stock market and real estate markets reflected behavioral and quantity factors that represented various levels of productivity, consumption, speculation, and confidence. However, rising interest in America would cause Bank of Japan to raise its rates to bridle domestic inflation and slow down the exodus of yen, and both sides would move rapidly into deflation or depression. That's what happened. See, the government policies combined with monetary policies caused uh, severe 
depression in Japan. However, hedge funds could cause another scenario making it to materialize. Historically, as inflation increased and the dollar devaluated, U.S. investors sought to put money into hedge funds, seeking double-digit return investments in emerging markets. Some speculators bought new Asian money and invested in higher, cheap U.S. securities, and others reaped the benefit of hot money. Hedge funds seemed to content, content to remain repositioned in emerging markets as long as U.S. consumption remained strong. When foreign Asian markets um, became uncertain about the future, panic set in. See, and that's the uh, issue is that panic. Panic was fueled by the fears that the U.S. inflation would rise and U.S. consumption decrease. This was the worst-case scenario because Asian markets were in the business of production, not consumption, and any changes in the expectation of consumption would have massive impacts. So that's the balancing act. The hedge fund remained rooted while profits were within the acceptable thresholds, but as the profits dropped, so did the confidence wane, and these hedge funds could flee out of the Asian back into U.S. securities. The sudden increase in available liquidity would cause a surge in the borrowing and business growth, further inflating the economy, driving down interest rates, and inflating the stock market. The surge in the market capital in the stock market would cause boom until the balance.